to the Dance Floor Ballroom podcast, the podcast where we talk all things ballroom. And today's episode is called To Compete or Not to Compete, That is the Question. And I just returned not that long ago from a week-long competition called Ohio Star Ball. And for those of you who know about it, you know how huge it is. If you haven't heard of this competition, it's one of the biggest ones in the U.S., and it's been around for a really, really long time. It was so popular, it actually had a run as a PBS show as well, where they would film all of the finals and all of the show dances, and it was called America's Ballroom Challenge. So it's a gigantic competition. People from all over the world come to compete in Columbus, Ohio at this one specific competition every year. There's thousands of entries. There's so many students who compete at all ages and all levels of dancing. And as I was watching as a spectator, not as a dancer, it really got me thinking about this general theme of to compete or not to compete. And it's one of the things that I feel like dancers struggle with, whether you're an amateur couple, whether you are a pro-am couple, or whether you're a professional couple, it's one of the things that we have to decide at some point along in our dance journey if it's the right choice for us. So I wanted to take some time today, I'm going to try to do this as objectively as possible, to sort of go through some of the reasons people have for competing or not competing, and kind of give you a little bit of perspective if you're having trouble making that choice, or even kind of coming to terms with a choice that you've already made. Now, whether you've been dancing for one month or for 10 years, at some point along your lessons, your teacher is probably going to bring up the option of doing a competition or showcase together. If you've never competed and you're not really quite sure what it entails, I'm going to try to give you the quickest synopsis I can. Basically, at a ballroom dance competition, you're going to pick a specific style that you want to compete in, and that could be international and American. And then you also have the choice to compete specifically under that style. Under international, you compete in ballroom or Latin. And under American, you compete in rhythm or smooth. And then there's also other options as well, like nightclub style dances, hustle, West Coast swing, Peabody, etc. To prepare for the competition, you and your instructor will have a set routine that you dance together to music. It will be pre-choreographed and you will have practiced it multiple times over and over again in that specific style. When you get onto the floor, you may not know exactly what song they're going to play, but if you've been working on a cha-cha, it's going to be a cha-cha. If you've been working on a waltz, it's going to be a waltz. And you're dancing on the floor, usually with other people at the same time. You're also competing in your age category and at the level that you are currently at. So depending on what level you're at, judges are looking for different things. They may be looking at your footwork. They may be looking at your musicality. They may be looking at your styling. And depending on how many people you're competing against, there may be different heats. And a heat is basically just a group of people dancing, as many as can comfortably fit on the floor at the same time. Now, right away, I'm going to start off by telling you an evil, dirty little secret that all instructors know and that we don't often tell our students. When you compete, you take more lessons. And when you take more lessons, we make more money. Cute evil laugh. Now, that being said, when you take more lessons, you also get a lot better at dancing. So we don't have really any secret hidden agenda, why we want you to compete. We know that it's going to push you towards a goal. We know that it's going to make you a stronger dancer. And we also know that it's going to create kind of a sense of urgency towards your dancing. And while there's no deadline to get to be a better dancer, we all know that that's sort of our goal that we want to improve. And competitions can be a really, really fast way to get you to your goals. Another thing to keep in mind is knowing the difference between when your teacher is giving you information about events 
and pressuring you to do events. So for us as teachers, we always want to make sure that you have the information for anything that's available to you, whether it's a showcase, a competition, a dance party, because we know from experience that all of these things really enrich your dancing. But we also don't want you to think that we're pressuring you into things, right? So if I'm going to give you information about an event, it's because I want you to have the same information that all of my other students do. And I also know that the moment I forget to tell you about an event, you may take it personally and you may all of a sudden think, oh no, my teacher didn't ask me to do this competition. It means they think I'm not good enough. So we're always going to try to give you all of the information. If for any reason you are feeling pressured from your teacher, just have an open conversation with them about what you're comfortable with and what you're uncomfortable with. And they can just explain to you that, okay, I'm providing you the information and then you can do what you want with it. So like I mentioned, being at this huge competition a couple weeks ago really got me thinking about all of the reasons we compete, all of the excuses we have not to compete. And I wanted to kind of share some of the, I don't know if myth busting is the right word, but I wanted to kind of give you guys some perspective on some of the excuses or reasons we give for not competing so that you can make your decisions with a little bit more information and also without any of the excuses that we normally come up with. One of the biggest reasons I've heard and I've actually felt it myself as well for not doing competitions is that it's too expensive. And yes, that can be a valid reason not to do something, right? We don't have the money for it right now. We may have the money for it, but we can't commit the money to this specific hobby. But really, there are a lot of ways that you can work around a budget and be able to do competitions at the same time. So I did have an earlier podcast episode that is, I can't remember exactly how many tips it was for budgeting, but I have an earlier podcast episode about budgeting tips, not just for competitions, but just for dance lessons in general. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back a few episodes and check it out because I do give you some great information on how to make ballroom dancing more affordable. But here today on this episode, I'm going to give you a few more things as well. One of the things that makes competitions really expensive is not just your entry fees and the fees that you're paying to your instructor to be there to physically dance with you, but it's also your accommodations and your travel arrangements as well. So if you have to go out of state for a competition and you're either paying for gas money to drive or you are paying for a flight, you're also paying for your hotel room and all of the other expenses that come with taking any kind of a trip. So one thing that could be kind of a fun way to approach a competition is to make a vacation out of it. Let's say, for instance, you are a student from Michigan and there's a competition in Orlando that you really want to do, but you can't quite justify or can't quite find the room in your budget to do this competition. One thing that you can do is like, let's say, for instance, you're dancing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, maybe consider getting your flight home on a Monday or a Tuesday and taking some time going to Disney World, going to Universal, or even just going to a beach for a few days and taking that out of your vacation budget as well. So you can kind of combine your competition into your vacation budget and make a trip out of it and make it really fun. So you can get some dancing and you can also get some relaxation time. And let's say, for instance, you're spending all of your money on dance lessons and you don't even have a vacation budget because you spend all of your money on dancing. Another way that you can deal with that through doing competitions and kind of taking the expense out of the equation is by doing local competitions. Now, one of the cool things about ballroom competitions is they go all year round and they are all over the U.S., 
So if you're from Cleveland, there's going to be a competition at least once or twice a year nearby you. If you're in Florida, same thing. Here in Michigan, we have two competitions. The great thing about local competitions is all you have to do is pay for your dancing fees, your entry fees, and what you're paying your instructor to dance with you. You don't have to pay for a hotel room. You don't have to pay for a flight or for gas money, and that can really help you save a lot of money. If you're only paying your teacher and your entry fees, competitions can all of a sudden become really realistically affordable for people even on a tight budget. So local competitions can really help with that. Another thing to consider would be one-day competitions. And if you go to specific websites like ndca.org or some of the other dance-related competition organization websites, they'll actually have all of the competitions listed for you. So even if your instructor isn't familiar with one, you can ask them specifically about one-day competitions. The great thing about one-day competitions is, especially if they're in driving distance, you don't have to pay for hotel rooms again. You can drive there and drive back all in the same day. And they're a lot smaller, right? So that's how they're able to fit all of their entries into one day is that they just don't have as many entries. So you're going to dance rhythm and smooth in one day. So if you're a lady student or a professional competing, you're only doing your hair and makeup once. If you're a guy and you only have to get tanned once, that can really save you a lot on your budget as well. So local competitions and one-day comps can be a really, really great way to save money on doing competitions. And really the best way to budget yourself for competitions is to communicate with your instructor. They want you to do everything that you want to do in ballroom dancing, and they're definitely willing to find a way for you to do that. So if you tell them like, hey, over the next six months or over the next year, this is really the only money that I have allotted towards dancing or towards competitions, they can work with that. They can find local competitions for you. They can register you early so that you can save money paying before the deadline saves you a ton of money. If you're willing to buy lessons in bulk or take more than one lesson a week, they may even be able to offer you some sort of a deal or discount or perk on lessons as well. But I just want to be clear when I say communicate with your teacher about how you can budget money on lessons, it's not about trying to get them to cut costs for you, right? Because as, a, as an instructor, we're incurring very similar expenses with competing that you are. We're investing money into our own costumes to dance with our students. We're investing money on grooming, whether it's a lady professional hair and makeup, whether it's a guy, they're still getting their hair done, they're still getting tanned, they're still maybe have a gym membership to be able to keep up with the wear and tear that it puts on our bodies. So I'm trying to say this as delicately as possible. Really, at the end of the day, don't try to cut costs with your instructor because I guarantee you, no matter what they're charging you, they're probably not getting paid enough to compete with their students, right? We're away from the studio when we're competing. So even though I joke that competing sometimes can make us more money because our students take more lessons, we do leave the studio to do competitions. So we're not able to provide lessons for our students while they're gone. And we are incurring our own expenses in competing as well. So be careful that it doesn't become a sob story of you trying to get your teacher to cut their cost as a professional to dance with you. That's something that's going to be really important to your instructor. They want to provide you with the best service. They want to give you the emotional support and physical support that you're going to need throughout the competition. So make sure you communicate your budget to them and they can kind of take it from there and help you to do as much as is possible for you. And for a lot of your instructors who've had a professional career of their own, we know all of the most sneaky ways to save money. We know all of the ways to prepare for competitions. We really know how to stretch that dollar as far as it goes. So if that's something you want to do, your teacher can definitely make that happen for you. So moving on from there, one of the other really big reasons I hear about for people who say that they don't want to compete 
is that they just want to dance for fun. And really, when you think about it, that sounds like a great reason. Like, I just want to dance for fun. I don't want to compete. I don't want to take it too seriously. I want to enjoy dancing. If I compete, then I'll take it too seriously. It'll make it a chore and I won't enjoy it anymore. And I totally get where people are coming from when they say this because I I can identify with that. Sometimes when you're competing, you get so focused on winning. You get so focused on what your placements are. You get so locked up into the technique that sometimes you forget you are actually dancing. But one of the biggest rebuttals I have for that is, as I mentioned earlier, when you take more lessons because you're competing, you start dancing better. And here's the thing. When you dance better, it makes dancing more fun. And here's where I say something that is going to completely blow your mind. There is no difference between social dancing and competitive dancing. (gasps) Gasp. Oh my goodness. How can she say that? There is a complete difference. No, really guys, at the end of the day, there's not. Just because you're a competitive dancer doesn't mean that you don't have to work just as much on adaptability and lead and follow, which are all the things that you need as a social dancer. And just because you're a social dancer doesn't mean that you don't have to work on footwork, doesn't mean you don't have to work on timing, doesn't mean that you don't have to work on focus, right? These are all of the things that make us better dancers, no matter whether we're dancing at a salsa club or whether we're dancing on the competitive dance floor. These are the things that are going to help you move more efficiently, right? So even if I have students that don't compete, I don't really teach them any differently than I do for my competitive dancers. In order to have great action and great response to my partner, I still need to know the right footwork. I still need to be grounded. I still need to have the correct posture. Even if I'm a social dancer and I'm never going to compete on the dance floor, Helping develop focus when you're turning, understanding when rotation stops and starts, understanding that I'm not turning and stepping at the same time when I'm completing actions. All of these things are just helping you move better as a dancer and communicate better with your partner. So just because you consider yourself a social dancer doesn't mean that you have to separate yourself from the competitive dancers. Hopefully we're all working on these things all of the time. Now, if you consider yourself a social dancer because of the styles of dances that you do, like let's say you're more into kizomba, bachata, salsa, West Coast swing, there's actually categories for that specifically at competitions. And one of my favorite nights at a local competition here in Michigan at the Michigan Dance Challenge is Wednesday night. Wednesday night is nightclub night. And one of the things that I love so much about that one is it just feels so relaxed. So on Wednesday night, you're competing, you're doing your salsa, you're doing your bachata, merengue, West Coast Swing, Hustle, all of these styles of dancing. They have the floor slightly smaller, so it feels more intimate. It really does feel like a nightclub style. And a lot of people dress up in costumes. You'll see people in crazy wigs, crazy costumes, and it's a lot more fun and laid back and relaxing. So if you don't like that sort of formality of what a ballroom dance competition feels like, maybe try going to one of the nightclub style days or evenings and starting off with that. And that can be a really cool way to introduce yourself into the competitive world, challenge yourself, push yourself out of your box a little bit, and you can still improve those dance styles as well. Now, one last thing you can do if you feel like you just want to dance for fun, you don't want to take it too seriously, but you still want to be a really great dancer is you can communicate with your teacher about prioritizing techniques. Like let's say for instance, again, you consider yourself more of a social dancer, but you want to try a competition. If you don't really want to practice Cuban motion in the mirror over and over and over again, but you love working on arm styling, talk to your teacher about that. I promise you there's a very sneaky way that we can make you work on Cuban motion while we are working on arm styling with you. 
And that can go for a lot of other things as well. If you love working on footwork and you love working on rise and fall and waltz, but you hate thinking about where you want to look or where the audience is or where your partner is, talk to your teacher about the things that you love to work on over and over again, and we'll find a way to kind of squeeze in those other elements that you need. Prioritize your techniques, make them about what you want them to be about, and it can still make that competitive journey be fun for you. All right. And now the last thing that I wanted to talk about, again, it's one of the excuses or one of the reasons that I hear the most frequently when I'm talking about competitions with students. And this is the biggest one because this is the one where even if you really, really, really want to compete, this is the thing that holds people back is I'm not ready. And let me tell you something right now. You are correct. You're not ready. You're not ready to do this competition. And the reason why is because you're still progressing as a dancer. I've been dancing for 15 years and I'm still progressing as a dancer. We're never going to be ready to do the competition. Ernest Hemingway said something really interesting that I identify with a lot. Now he was referring to himself as a writer, but I think it applies to dancers as well. He said, we are all apprentices in a craft that we will never perfect. And I really think that's true for dancing. We're all always learning and learning and growing as dancers, but we're never going to perfect it. And I think that's why it makes it so interesting and so beautiful. So when I tell you, you are not ready to compete, I really do mean it, but you're going to do it and you're going to do it well. And you're going to be a better dancer tomorrow than you were today. And that's going to continue on and continue on. And that's what's going to make it a challenge for you. And it's also what's going to improve you as well. And keep in mind, when you are competing, there's a newcomer category. There's a pre-bronze level. There's a bronze one, a bronze two, a full bronze, a silver. There's an age group and a category level for whatever your skill is. And while that doesn't always make it perfectly fair, it does make it a lot less intimidating when you're approaching a competition, knowing that you're going to be competing amongst your peers. I just finished listening to this audiobook by Elizabeth Gilbert. If you're not familiar with her, she is the author of Eat, Pray, Love. She did this book called Big Magic, and it's a fantastic book. I highly recommend it, especially if you're into audiobooks and you can actually listen to the author reading it herself. And it's about sort of allowing yourself to live a creative life and also to create positive habits for living a creative life. And that's either as a professional or as a hobbyist, either way. And she has this really great chapter in her book called Done is Better Than Good. And what she talks about is even if you're not ready, even if you're not prepared, and even if you're not feeling like you're good enough to do the task that you've set out to do, it's better to accomplish it, even if it's not perfect, than to hold back and hold back and hold back and never do it at all. So I think that can really apply for dance challenges that we have, whether it's a competition or a showcase or any kind of performance or you know, maybe not even taking it that far. Maybe you're a student who's never been to a dance party yet because you're too nervous. Done is better than good. You're never going to look back at a dance that you've done and gone, oh, there's nothing I would change about it. It was perfect, right? But you did it, you accomplished it, and now you're moving on and your dancing is going to get better and better and better from there. So don't forget that when you're questioning whether you're ready or not for a competition, done is better than good. But don't tell your teacher I said that. So in wrapping up my thoughts on this, as I was questioning some of my own thoughts and beliefs about competing or not competing, I did want to give you a little bit of perspective if you already are competing. Are you doing it because you're a competitive person and you like winning trophies, you like winning awards? Are you doing it because you really just want to improve your dancing and you feel like this is the most efficient way? Are you doing it because you love dancing and you want to get out there and perform? You want to have a costume on? You want to have your photo taken? You want to have that adrenaline high of doing something really, really exciting? I was listening to Alec Baldwin's podcast recently, and it's called Here's the Thing. 
And one of his guests that was on just recently is Lang Lang, and he is a world-famous pianist. And he was discussing how at a very early age, he was already incredibly skilled and incredibly talented. And he was doing these competitions and winning and winning and winning. And his coach at the time told him to actually stop competing, that he shouldn't do competitions anymore. And he said, well, wait, how will I know if I'm good or not? If, If I'm winning, then I know I'm good. I know I'm the best. And his teacher said to him, if you're so focused on winning, you're not taking risks and you're losing the art of it. And I found that to be such an interesting concept. So if we're playing devil's advocate just a little bit on maybe giving you some perspective on competing, is kind of taking that step back and asking yourself, am I only making safe choices? Am I only doing what I think the judges want me to do? Am I only doing what I want my teacher to be happy with? And kind of take a look at that. Make sure that it's still an art. It's still something beautiful. It's still something that you're excited about and that you're doing it for the right reasons. Those reasons could be different for everyone, but make sure it's for your own personal reasons. Because at the end of the day, you are investing a lot of time, a lot of money, and a lot of energy, and you want it to be right for you. There's a lot of things that aren't perfect about the ballroom world. There's a lot of things that aren't perfect about competitions. They really do try to make them as fair as possible, but it is a really interesting judging system. It's it's kind of hard to be fair about an art form that is so subjective, right? So we're not judged on a point system. We've talked about this in other podcast episodes episodes. We're not judged on a point system. We're judged on a placement, which can be really sort of ambiguous. And a lot of people like to say that it's too political. Like, I don't want to compete. The judges want who they want to win. And it's so political. But you know what, guys, let's face it. At any given point on the dance floor, there's anywhere from six to 12 judges judging at a competition, sometimes more depending on how big it is. How likely is it that every single one of those judges have the exact same agenda? Really? Come on. So don't use that as an excuse not to compete. Rather, try to come to it from the viewpoint of, I know this is going to make my dancing better. I know this is going to challenge me, and I know it's going to take me outside of my comfort zone. And if you've stuck with me this long, the whole point of this episode is not to try to force you into competing. My real goal is just to make sure that if it's something that you want to do, that you're not putting up walls or excuses as a reason not to. It really can improve your dancing. I know that personally as a professional having competed and with my students having competed, having seen them grow so quickly in their dance goals by doing this. But also understand that if you don't want to compete, if you've listened to this entire episode and all of these reasons I'm giving you, you're still like, nope, you haven't talked me into it. I still don't want to do it. Know that that's okay. And it doesn't make you any less of a dancer. You can still take your dancing very seriously and not compete. You can still have a lot of fun dancing and not compete. Make it your own thing, but still challenge yourself. So if you don't want to compete, make sure you're going to dance parties, dance with a lot of people, make your lead and follow really great. Still work on technique. Even if you're not going to compete, ask your instructor for the techniques that are going to make your dancing much more efficient and much more comfortable and make it your own dance journey. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. 